Hi, it's Niamaji family. Welcome to another episode. We had the privilege of hosting Don Okoth, co-founder and country manager Fright at Sandy. His story is one of hard work and determination which started at an early age. Don is a perfect example of entrepreneurs who understand the process of creating a business from the ground up and adapting to the market. With the current state of the world, Sandy are working hand in hand with local supermarkets to deliver goods to people's homes so as to avoid the spread of the coronavirus. We value all our listeners and the entire Chiniyamaji family. We encourage everyone to adhere to the regulations put in place to avoid further spread of the virus. We will continue to bring you more encouraging episodes. We are in this together. Stay safe and enjoy the podcast. Hi guys, welcome to the Chiniyamaji family. This is uh, your host Mark Karaki. Super excited to be bringing you yet another episode of the podcast and this week we are excited to have uh, an awesome entrepreneur, uh, Don Okoth, who's a co-founder at uh, Currently Sandy, right? Yes. Um, and uh, Don and I just meet for the first time and sometimes that's where the best stories come from because we're expanding our reach beyond my personal network to, to reach out to, to local entrepreneurs so that uh, you guys can tell your story. Um, and so, yeah. Introduce yourself. Tell us who you are and what you do. Yeah, uh, thank you so much for having me. Uh, so Dono Koth is my name, and um, interesting, the name, the name Don. So way back in the early 1970s, there's one Becky and uh, David were watching a lot of movies, and one movie actually caught their attention, and the movie was The Godfather. Okay. So <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's where your name comes from? Yeah, that's where I, and my dad was really fond of Don Colleon, so <laughs> I think that's where the name Don comes in. Yeah, man. Uh, and Lewis will never miss an opportunity <laughs> to, to name their son appropriately. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But cool, man. Thanks for being here. Yeah. Uh, super excited to, to kind of meet you and, and kind of hear your story. So <clears throat> give us a little bit about your background, uh, education, where you grew up, and, uh, you know, your your professional career yeah so uh i school in riverbank primary school mm-hmm. that's in the 1990s mm-hmm. uh came up from a very uh not so much family not very well to do family mm-hmm. um and um i think in in 2002 um uh, that's where my career started so i lost my mom in 2002 oh, wow. okay. uh, and that was, um, it exposed me now to the world. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I had to now start taking care of my siblings. Mm-hmm. And at that time, what used to do, I used to supply Silver Spring with, uh, with, with fillet. Uh, the hotels? The hotels, yeah. Mm-hmm. So ideally, that's where now the business acumen and the building up of relationships started. Okay. So how, did you, how did you start serving fillets to you? To, to, the, to the hotel. So my mom, my mom, my mom used to do that job. Okay. So my mom had introduced me to that job, and uh, when she passed on, uh, it was one of the main main source of income uh, for the family. So I had to, I had to, I had to tag along, take it up, take yeah. it up and uh, and start doing it. Okay. So ideally, there were very key lessons that I learned during that particular supply, mm-hmm. and one of them is uh, building relationships because uh, they're high season. So there's a time where the the, the the hotel might want more deliveries. Mm. Maybe you're used to doing just 20 kg, mm. and now the request like for maybe 60, 40, and you may not have that capital to finance. Okay. So meaning you, you have to have a very good rapport with the suppliers, yeah. telling them that, please give me this X, and once I get payment, I'll be able to, yeah. I'll be, I'll be able to pay back. Yeah. So that was in 2002, 
when 2002, 2003. Well, had you done, had you finished high school at the time? No, 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 I was still in high school. Oh, wow. I was still in high school, so I, had, I, I used, uh, I requested for a day, just one day to do, uh, to do, to do the supplies. So luckily the days sometimes will fall on a weekend, on a Saturday, but if it's in the middle of the week, then I'll just request for one day. From and school. then from school and then probably catch up later on. Wow. <laughs> and your school was uh, accommodating for that? Or? Yeah, it was accommodating because uh, uh, I was in Rungiri High School. So okay. the principal knew my mom and he knew okay. what, he challenges, what challenges we were going through at that, particular, awesome. that particular time. Yeah. That's a very unusual for a local... I mean, that's unusual for anybody, yeah. right? Yeah. For a school to actually accommodate you in that way. Yeah, because that's, that's where the fees are coming from. And <laughs> <all> that. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> So that was the experience. So that culture of building relationship and uh, being able to get that business acumen, because it meant you have to buy it at a certain price, and of course mark up and sell it at a certain price and make some profit, yeah. and manage that profit very well yeah. until the next uh, particular supply, mm -hmm. and know and differentiate between capital and, and profit. Right. So fast forward uh, in 2000 and, uh 2003, I finished my high school. Uh, I went to Makerere University in Uganda. Oh, really? Okay. Um, I think in Makerere, that's when I got now the expose of really, really hustling, because you know, there you're on your own. Mm. You know, when you're in, in a new country, uh, you have to it's actually- New relationships. New relationships, and uh, you have to eat and all that, and mm. school, and uh, the pressure that comes with also, uh, mm. Being in university, you have to take someone for a date. <laughs> <laughs> and those in Uganda, they know how to go out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so it meant you, you really had to really hustle. Yeah. Uh, so that was in Makerere University. How did you end up in Makerere? Why, why not UON? I, I, I went for A levels. That's Form 5 and Form 6. Okay. Uh, you have a Form 5 and Form 6? Five, 5 and five and, yes, 5. No, no, not Makerere. Oh. So you, you go to the local secondary schools, okay. Form 5 and Form 6. Oh, then from Form 5 and Form 6, that's when you join uh, Makerere. Okay. So Macare you did University. Form 5 and 6? I did, I did Form 5 and Form they 6. They still have that, uh, that model, right? Eh? Yeah, they still have that model. And uh, it was, it was have, having done Form 4 and then going for A levels, mm. Uh, I think it was the A level matures you a bit because you know yes. when in form four you're still immature. You're still immature. So from five, from six, uh, at that time I think when you're finishing, you're about 18 years or 19 years. I think mm. you're now really mature and mm. uh, you're good to go. Mm. So I joined Macquarie University. I did economics. Okay. I graduated I did economics. Well. Uh, yeah. So mm. I normally so practice. Yeah. <laughs> Why did you pick econ? Just Ideally, what I wanted to do was law. Okay. So. In fact, when I was doing my choice, I did low, low, day, low, evening. Like, I did low, low. So then one guy, and I remember this very interesting uh, guy who came and said, um, he told me that, Don, you want to do law? It's good, and I know you like law. And I think that time I was reading a lot of John Grisham books. Mm -hmm. So... <laughs> In the time, was for popular. <laughs> yes, yeah. yeah. The partner and the farm, yeah, and, the the farm the, and the likes, yeah. you know. Yeah. So he um, told me, Don, law is good, but sometimes it needs a very good family kind of name or family background. Okay. And he told me, why don't you do economics? Economics will harden you and it will put you out in the market. Mm. And I said, uh -huh. and so I, you know, when you're doing the class, I said, okay, let me put economics then. <laughs> Some stranger <laughs> influenced the direction of your life. <laughs> so and then uh, when I was called, it 
was economics. Okay. So I'd, I'd actually now, my mind had changed Shifted and I knew that shifted my mind. I knew that I was, I was going to now do economics and uh, make sure that I'm done with it. So the thing of not coming from a well-to-do uh, kind of family, mm. it means that you have to work extremely hard because mm. mm. it means you have a very small window. Yeah. The things like fees, you can't afford things like retake, you know, like I think they call it tariffers because mm. who will pay for it? It means accommodation, it means you have to travel back. So looking at all those costs, it means that I had to really, really... You uh, a straight line between where you are and the goal. And the goal. So... Okay. Well, no redos. Okay. Yeah, so uh, I got focus, I got, I got my second upper. And yeah, that was 2009, 2010, mm -hmm. and now I have a second upper. Mm -hmm. um, 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 What's uh, an upper? Second upper division is, uh, I think there's first class and then second upper division, then okay. second lower, okay. and then a pass. It's like a class that's like, okay. like a ranking. Okay. So first class is the best, and then followed by second upper, and then lower, and then Which pass. Which those things don't really matter in the real world. They don't, they don't. <laughs> but you see, <laughs> back then, it, yeah, back then it was, yeah, now I have an upper. I'm an upper. Yeah. And uh, I come back to Nairobi and super excited, you know, yeah. like, I have an upper and, yeah. and everything. And I'm like, and I'm, I'm good to go. Um, so when I came back, of course, applying for jobs. We started that time, there was these graduate trainees. Uh, where you, if you got a graduate trainee for like this insurance company or Kenya Revenue Authority or any form of graduate trainee, then you're like, now, now my career is setting. Now your upper is actually working. My upper is now actually working. <laughs> so did some few applications. Hey, nothing is coming. Mm. And you know, the HRs, okay, no offense to the HR, but there's no that courtesy call telling you, you know, yo, you, you didn't cut. <laughs> there's a thousand, <laughs> there's a thousand applications, applications <laughs> millions and millions of applications. Right. They don't have the bandwidth for us. Exactly. So I was like, now the frustration starts coming in, and you're like, now. What, what, what happened to the pillar business, fish business? So fish supply business. since I had to move to Uganda. to Uganda, I left the business to, to the family. My dad was doing it. Okay. So coming back, of course, it's not very sustainable, and now I, I can't go back to it again. But one thing is that I'd already created some very good relationship, mm -hmm. and that's when I also started my cloth business. Oh, you started a cloth business? I started a cloth okay. business. That yeah. was in 2010, thereabout. Okay. So mm -hmm. I'll go get clothes, uh, iron them very well, wash them up, clean them up, and then... Mutumba, basically. Mutumba, basically. Yes, and then iron, and then... Make some money. And make some money. And yeah. it, was, it was really making some good money. Yeah. About... about yeah. About I'll, I'll, I'll gross about hundred thousand a month. Though it was yeah. on and off, on and off, because yeah. you have to really depend on when guys have the yeah, end all that. So mm -hmm. that was in about two, 2010, 2009. Mm -hmm. So around that time, I met um, uh, one Mesha Kalois. Mm -hmm. uh, I think he was still in university, mm -hmm. and uh, what really attracted to me was his brilliant mind, his mm -hmm. processing, the way he will process things. Mm -hmm. Uh, and his eye for technology. And mm -hmm. I think that time, that's when the tech, and I think for, for tech in Kenya, we'll, we always have to give out shout outs to very important people. Mm -hmm. One of them is Eric Hasman, you know, came up with this incubation, the M Lab, the IAB, mm -hmm. which was very, very critical at that time for, for, mm -hmm. for putting in entrepreneurs, innovators together, in one, together mm -hmm. enabling them to pitch the pivots and all that. Mm -hmm. So, uh, Meshak really had a, an eye for tech, mm -hmm. and I felt that with my business acumen, with my commercial side, then 
I'll, I'll be able to compliment him very well, mm. where he, he drives the technology and the leadership aspect. Mm. He's someone who you look up to and say, okay, this is the direction that we're taking, mm. and that's the direction when you take, you never go, you never go wrong. Mm. So that was around in 2010, 2011, mm -hmm. and then that's when we set up the first company, mm. it was called MTL Systems. And MTL. MTL, that's Maloids Technologies Limited. Okay. And the whole idea was to build softwares. Okay. And we came up with a, a, an awesome ticketing platform where guys could book their bus tickets, the events tickets, uh, straight on their phone. Mm -hmm. Though it was very early in the market. <laughs> a, lot, a lot of UCSD then, there were a lot of feature phones, you know, feature smartphones. Phone. I think the first phone was, I think, Idios. That's when it was just coming, coming out, out yeah, coming yeah. out, and with an Android, yeah. and even Nokia was still in Symbian. Yeah, so uh, it was really, really, we were, we were very early in the market. Yeah. Which and, would have been an amazing play. Yeah, and even right now, I think that's when most guys, I think we have companies like Bupas, who are Bupas, Mook. Mook, you know, currently doing, they, they took, that, at that time we aggregated everything right. onto one particular platform where you could get your bus, events. I think it was just a lot. Right. And there's also one interesting thing that we did uh, back then is that um, we had built a Safari Bible. A Safari Bible. Yeah, that was like you're able to use UCSD to, to get the Bible scriptures. It was an <laughs> awesome. It was <laughs> this is a big market in Africa. <laughs> it was an awesome product, but now marketing it, monetizing it was the one. Yeah, uh, it, was, it was the challenge. I remember one of the ways you could sell it was to go to Kesha. At, Valley Road, <laughs> Valley Road, NPC Valley Road, because that's your target market. <laughs> Get the Bible scriptures. So yeah, we, we, we came up with a lot of products and really experimental, yeah, experimental inno yeah. innovating. We you learned a lot through that process. So what are some of the main lessons you learned in that experimental phase of you, your development? Well, I think one of them was to be very lean. Lean? Lean. Okay. Lean. And I think there's so many books that have come yeah, yeah. in regards to just being lean. Yeah. Like, not lean in terms of just a business, but lean also in terms of a person, as a human being. As a human being. Mm -hmm. Not getting so much, not wanting so much, mm -hmm. but just being lean and to ensure that at least you're ex executing. Mm -hmm. One also of the key lessons uh, through this journey was that of hard work. Okay. Because, and I think when you look, when you probably, if you're a political person, when you saw Obama's speech in 2004, it was, we don't, getting these such kind of platforms are not given. Mm -hmm. You have to really, really and them. It means a lot of uh, hard grinding. work, grinding. Uh, and of course, persevering. Mm. Yeah, because at that time, like I'm, I'm telling you, the market wasn't ready for, for most of these mobile products that we were building back then. Right. But that perseverance of just pushing on. And you see, those are some of the first uh, challenges that we had when we, we set up these particular IT products early is that we had to do a lot of customer education. Mm. And mm. luckily, Companies like Uber and mm. these big companies where they came in, mm. it was really easy now to educate the mass in terms of just downloading an app. Boom. Ten years ago or seven years ago, no one knew about an app. Like, to exactly. something right. people were just doing SSD. Yeah. So yeah. you are in, a, you, you are in a, a tough market. Whenever you are bringing in an innovation, yeah. and there's, there's a, they call it like there's a, there's a gap between what people are used to doing, their behavior, and what you're trying to get them to do. Yeah. That's a very tough market Extremely. to survive in yeah. at all. So yeah. that's interesting. So, okay, so now you guys, um, what happened to those products? Like obviously, you're, you're not working on them right now. You had to, what was the I think I think, I think like, um, like any company uh, or even a human being, mm. you have to evolve. Totally. 
Yeah, you have to evolve. You're not the same person who you were 10 years ago. When, sometimes people like to stay there. <laughs> you, you'd be surprised. Yeah. Yeah. In our society, people really yeah. like to, yeah, so, <laughs> to so, camp. Yeah. So products have to evolve. <laughs> and people have to evolve. People have to evolve and these things and all those experiences yeah. turn out to be something else that now are ready, that's now ready for the market. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so what was the next step? What did you guys, what was the next move? So... Uh, when we build all this and we got some few traction mm-hmm. and we saw that this market now is ready, mm-hmm. uh, we set up Sandy and that was in around 2014. Mm-hmm. And we Where did that idea come from? What, what, what was the genesis of that? What were you trying to solve? I think the logistics problem was just, we're, we're just trying to make it, and even right now, we're just trying to make it uh, easy. Logistics is very complex. Mm-hmm. And I think the whole idea back then was how, how you know, when you talk about logistics, you'll just think of DHL. But what about that e-commerce guy who just wanted to do a simple delivery from point A to point B? Mm-hmm. Uh, and that, that, that was the whole genesis. And I think after working with this bus log and courier systems, we just saw that yeah. th- there must be an easier way mm-hmm. of just to make logistics Did you guys, easier. <clears throat> do, would, would you guys just look at opportunities and say, let's try and build there? Was this just an inv- a list of things you would try? Mm-hmm. Or this the logistics thing, mm-hmm. was it a problem that one of you guys had or your family? Or was it, was it just on a list of things you're going to try? Yeah, I think at that time also, uh, uh, Mesh was building for the mom, so just getting things to the site also was a was a was a huge was a huge challenge. Mm-hmm. And I remember then also when you're doing the query building, she was, he was building a, a house house for okay. the mom, yeah. Okay. So just getting that particular Material. materials to 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 the site yeah. to the site was was really was really a challenge. Another time also when doing the query system for 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 one of the bus companies, you'll find that. You'll have customers, they'll receive notification that your package has arrived or your package is here, but mm-hmm. just going all the way to River Road just to get that parcel. That last two miles. That's that last mile. So yeah. ideally, the first prototype was more of an errand up, like just helping. An errand up? Okay. Yeah, just. So basically, mm-hmm. yeah, I get it. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Just being able to, to, to log in on a. Uh, log in and just connect you with with a rider who is able to now do that particular errand, okay. and you guys can even actually agree on the rates that uh, right. that, you, that you want to charge. Right. And of course, that also evolved and evolved until you reach this particular point that we are in right now. Got it. And yeah. so, what do you guys do right now? I mean, you, you go from an errand app. Mm. What are you? What do you? What is Sandy right now? Right now, Sandy is uh, Sandy is more of a platform that enables businesses to trade. So we don't we don't only do deliveries from bikes, but we do all the way from freight business. So currently, uh, uh, I'm the country manager for freight. Mm-hmm. So freight is more of the 28, 28 tonners. Okay. So last mile, so we work with companies like Mailers, mm-hmm. FMCG, mm-hmm. Uh, um, freight forwarders, as well as fertilizer or mm-hmm. So these guys either get things from the port mm-hmm. to their factories, and then they have to process, and then now again we still come and do last mile for them. And before Sandy, what was what were they doing? Were they just calling different transporters? Was it just like? Yeah, ask for transport. Yeah, ask for transport, and uh, and I can also maybe uh, uh, go back and take you back to maybe even the taxi. You know, we used to call them uh, Karura. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, I those. Yeah, 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 yeah. you know. So it's the same where you just walk out and say, "Can you move these things from point A to point B?" And they'll say, "Yes, we can." Mm-hmm. But in the course of the journey, the guy will call you back and say, "No, no, no. These things are too heavy." <laughs> 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 Let's renegotiate, you know, <laughs> and just bring that professionalism yeah. now to that structure, factor. That, predictability, yeah. 
you know, smoothness of uh, streamlining that whole process. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's going to be very difficult. Mm -hmm. You have to negotiate <laughs> every single, um, you know, you have to negotiate with different service providers yeah. all the time, yeah. different service levels. So um, that's awesome. So, mm -hmm. so tell me a little bit about how, or tell the audience a little bit about how you guys evolved from just uh, the errand, you know, uh, rider thing. What's been that journey like? What's what's been? How did you move from level to level to level? Of course, I can't go into detail. That's fine. Uh, mm -hmm. But ideally, when you build a product and you have a unique uh, USP or UVP yeah. Yeah, at that mm -hmm. particular point, mm -hmm. then in most cases, you find out the customers are the ones who direct this particular exactly. product. Exactly. So when you when you build on, let's say, for example, the first one is bikes. Mm -hmm. The bikes also has you're only able to do only 300 kg on the bike. Mm -hmm. So meaning, if a customer has has a huge has a huge or maybe a one ton kind of consignment then you've limit that particular customer right. so meaning you have to go back to the drawing board and give this particular customer value a value value service and that's yeah. why now you introduce maybe a different vendor type okay. that could be van and it goes all the way up to 28 times so you just follow the market where it's leading exactly it's the exactly exactly that's really cool yeah. um and you guys obviously have, have, have done really well um and it's, it's super exciting to actually see because the logistics business is definitely what drives the economy yeah. in a real sense mm -hmm. and to see that you guys are local founders mm -hmm. who've actually built it organically from the bottom up what are some of the challenges that uh, you guys experience maybe top three if, yeah. you, if you can what are some of the challenges you, you, you've experienced uh, i think for me dawn in this particular journey uh, the main main challenges were, were actually um, when you started off, is that you anticipate, and this, this, this happens to all startups. Mm -hmm. You say, for example, my market is, how many, what did the CCK or CA, Communications Authority, say how many mobile uh, subscribers we have? We say 30 million. 30 million is my customer. <laughs> so, that's, that's, <laughs> so that's where you start from. But ideally, uh, one of the biggest challenges is that you have to segment that particular market. Mm -hmm. So in the process of segmenting that particular market, that's when you know which, what clear USP or what, clear value you're giving a particular, that particular segment of customers. So I think one of them was just the market. Sometimes you learn into- Defining the market. Defining the market, clarity. 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 So you learn into businesses where you find that you, f you thought the market was big, but again, the market is, is, a, bit, is a bit small. Yeah. Uh, setting up companies in Kenya is not easy. Mm -hmm. The legal process. We've just been through setting up, finalizing, yeah, finalizing our, so our non-profit here yeah. and setting up the bank account, it's really, really hard. Yeah, it's not, it's but you know, I've heard people say that, well, we, we've set up also for LLCs. Mm. That process was relatively easy. Yeah. Um, t expand a little bit on what you mean from mm. your perspective. I think right now it's getting better, okay. but way back, uh, it was really, really hard, meaning if you, if you want to incorporate, and you know, also when you're starting out, you don't have that enough capital. Yes. You cannot hire the fancy lawyers who yes. are able to fast track for you things. So yes. those are some of the things that also set you back a bit. Totally. Yeah. <coughs> okay. And what, what else? What was the next challenge? Next big challenge. So it's, we, we talked about misreading the market yeah. and then getting a correction. Yeah. The setup of a, yeah. of a, of a company, uh, but it's gotten better, fortunately. Yeah. Uh, what else were some of the, the challenges you guys... I think this, this one will be just people. People. Yeah, getting okay. the right people on the bus sometimes can be a challenge. Yes. And you, you, you'll get different, uh, different people coming, 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 coming to you. But just getting the right people who can be able to go with you through this journey 
it's 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 one of also the biggest challenge and this, and this is something that I also mm. for the young people these they get rich quick quick yeah. mentality and what this does is that it you start exposing yourself to a number of things like fraud you know you just want to you, you want to collude with someone so that you can be able to make that money very fast, which I don't think it's the case. So you guys have experienced that type of scenario where people have come in and been the wrong people in your... In your, in your definitely, definitely. In the bus, you know, like just like a normal yeah, bus, yeah. <laughs> you, you don't, you will not always get all what the right a, what, people. How do you, now obviously you've, you've been through a ton of people, right? Like through, who come through your company, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. uh, have, you, how, have you improved your ability to evaluate? the right people and uh, this is again where I, I, I always give back credit to Meshach and mm -hmm. Malaika and the team and the other founders is uh, mm -hmm. putting our processes to actually get these particular people using systems you know so that we can able to sieve out and just make sure that we're bringing the right people on the bus mm -hmm. so we've been really 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 key on technology to ensure that we have systems that work for us in terms of getting the, the right kind of people in the bus mm. yeah. and let's take a step back now to <clears throat> just our culture yeah right how do you say our culture in general mm. uh, is it helpful or how do you evaluate it in terms of enabling entrepreneurship yeah. right how do you assess our local culture yeah. one is that kenya we're very enterprising there's no doubt about that mm -hmm. We are very aggressive. Mm -hmm. I think right now, if we stepped in Tanzania, we'll be told, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." <laughs> We've been told. Already. <laughs> yeah. So that one is very good for entrepreneurship. But the only the only beat that sometimes I don't agree with is the get rich mentality. Mm. Uh, these things take process. It's a process. It's, it, it's a it's a it's a step by step. Mm. You it, it can't come overnight. Mm. And I think, especially the young guys who are coming out. And probably what they've seen, and that's why you'll see a lot of people. And you just mentioned it going to politics, mm. uh, so that they can have that quick fix. Mm. But with that gradual patience, then uh, and this particular culture, uh, this particular enterprising mentality that we have, that I think we can be the hub. Yeah, you're right. I mean, at the end of the day, there's a very strong "eat what you kill" mentality. I want to eat today. Yeah. I mean, at the risk and at the cost of all relationships, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's very, very uh, unproductive because, yeah. like you said. This is a, it, it's a journey, right? Yeah. And, and the reality of the situation is, sometimes, sometimes I look at it and I say, what causes this? Obviously, it, it's a tough environment, right? Yeah. We're not a, a wealthy society by any means, yeah. so uh, everybody's trying to make it uh, to survive for the most part. And that breeds a certain kind of mindset, yeah. right? a certain kind of behavior, a certain yeah. kind of way that you approach the world. Long term is not something you plan for. You're yeah. trying to survive today. Yeah. And <clears throat> unfortunately, you know, without vision, you know what they say, People perish, and, and that's that's what's happening. And yeah. so, and the unfortunate thing, it's kind of tough to have a vision when you have to survive. Yeah, uh, it, it doesn't come naturally. Yeah. Uh, how have you guys? How have you particularly navigated that? Right. What what made what gave you that long term mindset where you didn't try and take shortcuts? What, what was it? I think one is the strong leadership that we had, and uh, having a strong leader in the team sometimes gives you that particular vision. The other thing is also the background and that uh, the background that I had just like I, I explained earlier on mm -hmm. uh, has always drove me to create an impact not a quick fix mm -hmm. like right now the number of people who depend on the platform just to transact and be able to get their ends meet 
the kind of impact that you create, it's not about maybe even the four of us who set up the company, but it's now more like we are creating an impact to the to the economy beyond, beyond, beyond ourselves. Yeah. The number of people who are working for us or working for the company, then that kind of impact is what now also drives this particular, mm-hmm. my particular journey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, like one of the things I also talk about culture again, it, it's uh, one of the things I also see is lack of collaboration, right? Uh, amongst just you know business people especially I, I think we're very good when it comes to socially yeah. right we, i love that side of us but when business comes into the picture i don't know if this has been your experience mm-hmm. you know it's it's very it can be very um uh what's in it for me instead of being helpful yeah. right what's what's been your experience with that from a cultural perspective being being uh i won't say the first but I remember even the first companies that we are, we actually won Pivotist. So mm-hmm. there was a competition being arranged by AMLAB. It was called Pivot. Mm-hmm. The first one was Pivot, and then the next one was Pivotist. Mm-hmm. So with that Pivot, you'll be incubated. So there are quite a number of companies in, in different utilities. Mm-hmm. I think being sometimes there, the first, sometimes you don't have someone, you don't, I won't say mentor. You know, for example, in Silicon, it's, it's, it's all over. It's all over. Yeah. But now in Kenya, there's no, it's, 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 it's an outlier, if, mm. if, I can, if I can say that. It's an outlier. Mm. There's no one to look up and say, okay, how did you do this? How did you navigate this? In most cases, you just have to go to the bush, figure it out yourself. Figure out yourself. But I'm just talking about just being helpful, like being, people being approachable, people being just willing to just be helpful, right? So in Silicon Valley, that's a thing. Right? People are actually helpful because mm. that's just how you are, right? It doesn't matter. You know this, I call it Bonham Kubo's, yeah. right? Yeah. You know, just giving somebody your time and being able to say, "Hey, you guys are trying to do something," I, I have I, that is a big gap it's in our society. And that's why, and that's why I'm just going back because for our parents, they they knew they know success is when you finish university, you get employed in the government, you work for some time, you get married, and then of course you become a politician or you do like there's a clear path that. That the that, society, was that, that was programmed to follow, so and these guys sometimes don't know how to help you, and that's what I saw from my experience. Interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they'll 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 say, uh, uh, for Don, I, I think he has his way figured out. Mm-hmm. You let's just mm-hmm. you know he knows he knows his own his own path and all yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. <coughs> okay. Um, yeah. I mean. So so mm-hmm. uh, and I think getting such kind of things ten years back mm-hmm. was next to impossible. impossible. Yeah. One other thing I've also observed, I you know if you, if you keep up, of course, everybody's online nowadays. You, you see a lot of energy, right, from Silicon Valley and abroad, speaking about Nigeria, Lagos, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the uh, CEO of uh, Google was there, mm-hmm. the founder of Twitter was there, and, and, and YC, you know, they keep talking about them, right? Mm-hmm. So they are definitely hot right now, as mm-hmm. far as attention and resources, yeah. right? <clears throat> And Nairobi has kind of fallen back, yeah. right? Um, even now, Ghana, you know, they got their Google AI lab. Yeah. They've got a lot of attention. They've got this thing uh, called um, the Year of Return, where they they positioned themselves as the place for African Americans to actually kind of yeah, yeah. land on the continent. Yeah, I've seen that a lot, that's yeah. resources. That's yeah. attention. That's yeah. where are we at with that? How, how, what's our story? We, uh, you are telling the story now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I think, so for me, you know, of course we have to do our core, right? You yeah. guys have to make Sandy work and, and all that stuff. We have to make impact Africa work. 
But my whole vision has always, I've always known that. Mm. A rising tide raises all ships. And I firmly believe Nairobi needs to have a vision of being the place where great African Britons are born. Yeah. For me, that's I am a, I'm completely biased about right. this. I think we have an amazing situation yeah. to be the leading place for that. But if we don't have that vision, it's not going to happen. It's just going to be independent companies doing their thing. We yeah. need to have a unified front. We can create a brand. We can create a vision. We can start to move together in unison. Yeah. And so I, I find that's missing, man. I find that's missing. And even you being here, uh, I guess why we have a podcast and why we do what we do, events and so on and so forth, of course, we have our own kind of interests where we're building our brand. It helps us with fundraising. It helps us get out there. Yeah. But the core of it, man, is like we need to actually have a unified. We need to move as a squad. Yeah. For me, startup number one is Nairobi. Yeah. Period. And because I know what a powerful ecosystem is, it's a wealth aggregation machine. It's a wealth creation machine. Uh, and and and. And I agree hundred percent. Yeah, and I struggle with that. I struggle when I reach out to people and they're not they're not available even to do a podcast. I, you know, and it's like, dude, you guys have no clue what what's happening. Yeah. This is not just about you. Yeah. This is about what can we do together. How can we tell that story and be the high water mark and start to win the attention game and the resource game and the capital game yeah. and the talent game coming in. Yeah. Uh, right now, I, th- I feel like we're still being picked apart. Yeah. To be fair, right? People come in and they see low hanging fruit and they run with it. We need to come together. But I, I think that's changing. Uh, I, I sense that that's changing. I don't know what your view on that is. Yeah, I think it is. Uh, and also, sometimes you have to look back and look at the great strides you've made. Mm-hmm. That's I, true. I mm-hmm. think looking at all those incubation places, mm-hmm. uh, the entrepreneurship forums that are coming up, in fact, even me and you sitting here, mm-hmm. I think this is that's a huge, huge stride. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure in a couple of years in a couple of months i think we'll be able to make some good strides toward, to, toward, towards towards getting there I yeah. agree. i'm very optimistic that nairobi will be in the place that it should be yeah for, for sure uh, <clears throat> and if i have anything to do with it i'm sure if you guys have anything to do with that's that's that's, that's going to happen yeah. and for me that's that's my vision in terms of you know that bigger picture uh and how we can participate in that as an organization and maybe maybe final question here for you is um you know Vision 2030, right? what, what do you see? What, what's, what do you see happening now? <laughs> what, do, what do you see happening? What, what, will, uh, how will, what that look like in your eyes? I think a lot, a lot, a lot is changing. A lot is changing. The, consume, the consumer behavior, the buying habits, and the e-commerce aspect, you know, growing and, and growing. So what I'm seeing in 2030, there'll be a lot and a lot of technology businesses that will be in, in place. And these technology businesses will be able to help us stride to the next particular level. So more jobs. More jobs. More opportunities. More opportunities, more innovations. More innovation. Uh, yes. Yeah, I, I, see, I see multiple regionally, Africa, globally dominant companies yeah. in this market. Yeah, and right. just looking at, there'll be no and as we, as, as we go towards 2030, 2050, 2060, you'll find the borders will not make sense for, for a business. As long as you have a unique product, then you're able to sell. The market share will be, you'll be looking at the whole Africa as your market or that, the whole world as your market. That's why, that's why we need to be set, yeah. set thinking right now. Yeah. I mean, Kenya is too small. Yeah. Kenya is smaller than Texas. Yeah. Like one state in the US, right? So uh, super excited about what you guys are doing. You guys are blazing the trail. 
and congratulations on the success. I know you guys just announced a $20 million round uh, with uh, Toyota. Uh, and also you have uh, Rio, uh, who's one of the of Kepo Fund, who's one of your investors, a good friend. And uh, so congratulations on the success. <clears throat> it's, it's, a great, it's a great story. It's a great testament to persistence, yeah. to doing things the right way. You know, what, what's your final few pieces of advice you'd give to, to the ecosystem? Yeah, I think for, for the upcoming entrepreneurs, uh, the most and most important thing is to always, always work smart, be lean, and be sure that you're innovating things that bring value to your particular customers. Mm -hmm. And of course, you'll win. Thank you so much, Ryan. I really appreciate you coming through. Thank Good you. Stuff.